Before we get started, could you do me one favor, and that is hit the follow button on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on. It is the easiest and quickest way for you to support this show, and I thank you so much for doing it. Also, take a screenshot of you listening to this episode or maybe a previous episode before that's inspired you and put it on your Instagram story and tag at Lewis Hatchett so I can share that around. Also, finally, we are gathering stories for Athlete of the Week. This is a story, a good news story. It could be about a performance you've recently had, a new habit you've formed, maybe something you've learned from the podcast that you've put into place, a change that you've seen, or something you've been working on and just had an amazing breakthrough. So this could be for yourself, it could be for a friend, a coach, maybe even a parent. And we want to hear those stories. So be sure to send them in. You can do that via Instagram by sending a DM. Just head over to at Lewis Hatchett and send in your stories or just send in your story via email at podcast at lewishatchett.com. So that is podcast at lewishatchett.com. And we want to hear these stories, everything that you've done throughout the week. Welcome to the Raising Your Game podcast, where I connect well-being and performance, as well as speaking to those in the world of sport to share the experiences, practice and wisdom that can help you in raising your game, both on and off the field. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Lewis Hatchett, and in this episode, I'm going to be talking about the paradox of perfectionism. This is going to be about how perfectionism can be not only a good thing, but also a bit of a bad thing. I'm sure at some level, athletes have felt a level of perfectionism. I know I have. So I'm going to talk around where it comes from, the models that it stems from, and also some ways in which you can perhaps be aware of it and start to reframe your perfectionism. And just becoming aware of it is a good first step. So I can't wait to give you some of this information. It's something I've been studying for quite a while now, and I'm. let's just get straight into this episode. With a little bit of irony for this episode, this one is coming out a little bit late because of my own perfectionism. This is my sense of perfectionism wasn't ready to deliver this because I hadn't felt studied enough in it. And as we get on, you'll see where that comes from and some of the models. So a bit of irony that this episode is out a little bit later than normal, but that is due to my own perfectionistic tendencies. But yes, this episode will be around perfectionism. It's going to be around some models, talking into a bit of the studies around it. It's something that I've been studying recently in my master's and I felt compelled to do an episode because I see perfectionism in athletes all the time. I see it from professional athletes that I've been with and worked with and had around me and in myself. And then I see it now with young athletes. I see it with the everyday person. People will talk about themselves being a perfectionist all the time. And I've always been interested, where does that come from? Where does it stem from? And and with the now the understanding of the literature around it and the models that have framed it, it's a great time to deliver some content here. So this won't be a massive deep dive into the literature. It'll be very simplistic. So 
there's more that you can go to search out some of these models, search out some of the literature. I'm only going to talk around it and some of the very basic levels of it, just trying to give a basic understanding. Other than that, it's going to be around experiences and just some things that I've seen in my own career that shown perfectionism and I'm sure they will resonate with you as well and as well as giving some ways in which you can improve and perhaps quash down a bit of that perfectionism in you and know when it's being good and bad for you I think that's really important knowing when perfectionism is working for you and perhaps when it's working against you so let's get into this conversation so I want to kick it off by explaining really what this paradox of perfectionism is so the paradox of perfectionism is essentially understanding that perfectionism is a good thing. Trying to do things at a high standard creates high standards, and that's something we ought to strive for, especially in sport, and especially being an athlete and a high performer. But with that can be harsh criticisms. We can be super highly critical of ourselves, our performances. So that's where a, a paradox begins to emerge in the sense that, yes, we strive for this perfect, we strive for these high standards, but with it come really harsh criticisms and also some areas of doubting ourselves and 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 pulling away from po possibly failures the un the idea of committing mistakes and pulling out of situations like that so where does perfectionism come from i'm going to talk around some of the models and ultimately most of the models are framed around a lot of similar dimensions so things like factors that that come into it they just explain them over time they've they've put different models together and explain them differently uh, and then there's some models that are more commonly used as time went on so initially there was a model called the frost model and this identified six dimensions of perfectionism six dimensions that create perfectionism perfectionistic tendencies in people and those six dimensions were one personal standards so upholding high personal standards and striving for for high standards pretty self-explanatory concerns over mistakes again self-explanatory so um being concerned with what our performance and not if we were to commit mistakes we we are concerned that we're going to go and do that I, I know i felt that doubts over actions is another one so doubting your actions don't not feeling like you want to take action knowing that it could be imperfect organization and order so just being neat and tidy and then there's two around parental, well, your parents. So there's parental criticism and parental expectations. So the idea of receiving criticism from parents and not being perfect and striving to be perfect in their eyes. And that leads into parental expectations. So this expectation, whether it is told to you or perceived that you should have high standards you should be perfect and striving for validation in their eyes so those are the six dimensions and some of the outcomes of it which were quite common are the fact that many people create very obsessive compulsive behaviors so you obsess over being perfect you obsess over these high standards and creating those high standards that is uh, that is a trait that might come out of it there also might be something such as task aversion which is just avoiding a task ultimately saying why do a task if it's not going to be perfect and that can create procrastination in people so a lot of perfectionist is perfectionism can manifest in being procrastinating so procrastinating over a task and avoiding it because it's not 
deemed to be ready or deemed to be perfect. I can even say that about this podcast. I procrastinated over doing it. I've tinkered with this. And ultimately, I'm trying to go straight into it and just deliver it as organically as I can now. But perfectionism creates this procrastination. And that is seen quite commonly throughout the literature that people just tend to, to wait. Because again, why try if it's not going to be perfect? That's the kind of thinking. But again, personal standards, striving for perfection allows us to take action sometimes. So there was then another model created uh, and brought forward, which was called the Hewitt and Flett model. This ran around three dimensions and the three dimensions are self-orientated perfectionism. So again, creating high standards, driving forward for your own sense of, of, of personal standards, and that's coming from the self. Other orientated perfectionism, that is expectations of others. So or not expect, basically putting high standards on other people. So this could be a trait that is quite desirable in say like coaches and leadership. So creating high standards and then wanting that from other people. And then socially prescribed perfectionism, which I think is the one that a lot of people will feel the most is this expectation of being perfect from outside. So from others and trying to validate yourself by meeting those standards from other people and the the external world so again that could be peers that could be your parents that could be anything around the the society or the social pressures that you feel and trying to be perfect in their eyes so that you can validate yourself essentially as time went on those models that as they can sound quite complicated there was another model brought forward just to try and simplify it basically uh, a model called the stober and otto model and they said this is all getting a bit complicated there's too many things going on here let's simplify it a little bit and they brought it down to essentially two factors which is perfectionistic striving and perfectionistic concerns so under perfectionistic strivings that's all the positive attributes that would be associated with being a perfectionist so the high personal standards the organization uh, and striving for for good things for for positive outcomes and then underneath the perfectionistic concerns would be all of the uh, socially prescribed perfectionism the parental expectations and concerns any parental pressures that might come from that um, doubts over actions and concerns over mistakes so anything that was negatively affected with that uh, idea of perfectionism and then they then deemed essentially if you were low in your personal standards and low in your perfectionistic strivings uh, so low in perfectionistic strivings and low in perfectionistic concerns, then you were deemed as a non-perfectionist because you had no real strive, like personal standards that you wanted to strive for. And also you weren't really worried about any perfectionistic concerns of what other people said, the concerns of mistakes. So you didn't really show it. So they brandished that as non-perfectionism. And then under it, there were two forms of perfectionism, which they deemed healthy and unhealthy. They deemed a healthy perfectionist someone who had low perfectionistic concerns. So you weren't concerned over mistakes. You aren't concerned over doubts, over actions. Parental pressures weren't having too much of an influence on you. But you had these high personal standards, these high perfectionistic strivings. They deemed an unhealthy perfectionist someone who has high perfectionistic concerns and a high perfectionistic striving. So you are striving, you have these high standards, but you also have these incredibly high pressures and concerns over mistakes. And they deem that as an unhealthy perfectionist. Moving forward, a model brought forward by um, 
Goudreau and Thompson, they created what is now known and most commonly used as the two-by-two model. Basically, that model of unhealthy and healthy just didn't resonate and the language using just because you are striving for perfectionism but you have these external perfectionistic uh, concerns, it doesn't necessarily make you an unhealthy person. It doesn't physically make you unhealthy. So they decided to create a two-by-two model and that then brought in a an extra layer to it. So there is essentially a form of non-perfectionism. This just, again, is low perfectionistic strivings and low perfectionistic concerns. So you don't have any doubts over actions. You don't really get that, but you also don't have any high standards. So that's just brandish non-perfectionism. They then had pure evaluative concerns perfectionism. So this is a pure version of someone who has and this is deemed the most damaging and, and bringing forward the most, un, what I'm not going to say unhealthy, but the most negative effects. So it's someone who has low personal stri- perfectionistic striving. So you're not really striving for high personal standards. You're not really bringing forward that those, those goals and, and those high standards, but you're so concerned about what other people say, perhaps what other people, the concerns over your mistakes, those pressures from outside are a lot. So that puts a lot of pressure. There's no high personal standards, but there's all these pressures from outside and and whether it's parents, whether it's concerns over mistakes. So that's deemed as a really damaging form of, of perfectionism. And then under it are the, the two other models, which are other parts of this, this model, which are um, pure personal striving perfectionism stay with me there's all these words so pure perfectionist pure personal striving perfectionism this is deemed one of the most favorable ones to be in because this is someone who has high perfectionistic striving so you are looking to bring forward uh, all of those positive attributes associated with perfectionism and then there's no real high levels of perfectionistic concerns. So you're not really worried about what people say. You're not worried about these doubts over actions. You're not worried about the concerns over mistakes. So this is a really great place to be in. And this is also a part where Olympic athletes sit and high professional athletes sit. That's deemed to be one of the most highly, um, the, the highly positive areas of perfectionism, this pure, personal striving perfectionism it's just all high personal standards and very little concerns over mistakes and concerns of of these perfectionistic concerns and then finally there was one corner that they have and the reason it's called two by two is because it's literally in a square cut into four sections and then you've got mixed perfectionism this is someone who has high in both so you're high in perfectionistic strivings but you're also high in perfectionistic concerns and you're just striving to to do well you have this self-orientated perfectionism but then you also have these high perfectionistic concerns of what other people say of you so the two by two model is the most commonly used now and it's it's what a lot of people tend to go to all of the other models people will refer back to and they kind of underpin where this model came from and so you have these four sections, non-perfectionism, which is just really nothing going on. You have the pure evaluative concerns, perfectionism, and that is the most damaging. So just low in perf- like strivings and trying to be high standards. 
and then very high in what you people think, like the doubts over actions and the negative effects. And then you've got this pure personal striving perfectionism in one corner, which is the the most positive one. It brings out the most positive attributes and then finally mixed perfectionism. So you might hear all of those different areas and feel you flicker between them. I know I did. I flicked between these models. I, I definitely flicked between this mixed perfectionism of having high personal standards. I don't think that's something that I have ever lost. And then you've also got this pure personal striving perfectionism. So this whole idea of having high standards and low concerns over mistakes. So I definitely flick between those two. And it's ultimately those socially prescribed perfectionistic tendencies that get in the way. So these are things like the doubts over actions, what what parents think, what the society is telling you to be. Those are the things that I think mitigate that most of the time. And there was a study found that high level athletes and Olympic athletes are people who are really high in personal standards and organization. They didn't really have too many concerns over mistakes. They don't really have too many doubts over actions and the print, the parent pressures don't really get them too much, but they really high in personal standards and organization. So those were deemed real attributes and that, and the Olympic athletes that they chose from that were gold medal winners. So they were high level. They weren't just Olympic athletes. They were winning in their Olympic, their, their certain field of, of Olympic athletics or swimming or any event that they were taking part in so you'll start to see where this paradox comes in because there's all these positive attributes but you also might be seeing okay well there's these negative attributes that i can feel these doubts over actions these concerns over mistakes i can i can feel those those are really tangible and i think it's also worth knowing that a lot of this perfectionism has been found to stem from our parents from our upbringings it's not necessarily there's a there's a bit of a battle going on as to saying how much of an effect it has but really it's it's more of an influence especially later on in life but early on in life it does it does help create this perfectionistic tendency so from a really early age when you're growing up there's there's some models around social learning so basically saying that we mimic our parents and we mimic our so if our parents have got real high perfectionism and these perfectionistic tendencies that we may mimic that. I know that I have that from my parents. My parents have like strived to improve themselves, improve what they do, and I have mimicked that. That's something that I definitely have picked up. But there's also a social expectation model, which are these perceived pressures of trying to be validated. And what happens here is where you potentially do not receive much love or praise, and it's conditional on your level of perfection. So we as young children or even now, we will strive for our parents' praise and love, maybe not even receiving that praise and love and validation by trying to be perfect. And that's something that, again, I have resonated with. There's levels of that, definitely, just being open and honest that that is there. And you may have found that too. There's also a social reaction model, which is more reacting to the environment. It's a much shorter uh, time frame that you'd be talking about. The other are done over a long period of time. But as I said, as you get older, they only influence you. They don't necessarily build and construct this level of perfectionism. So it's it's something that influences your perfectionism. So like I said, you'll, you'll see that. And there has been studies to find that high-level athletes have these high personal standards and I'm sure some of you do you have these personal standards but the the 
thing that will play its real role is these concerns over mistakes and these doubts over actions. And I want to give you a little bit of a story as to where that might play out. And it's from my side. I was 18 years old and I was in Adelaide in Australia and I was on an academy. And the academy I was in was a really high level academy. There was some great players in it. And so there was some a level of high standards that was being set by. So these socially prescribed perfectionistic tendencies were coming in because the standards were so high and I could see that the I needed to be at this level. There's also a study that was done around team perfectionism and that the the, the team prescribed perfectionism can increase performance, can create those social pressures. So I felt that as well in something like this. And I had just come out of injuries and but I'd been deemed fit, I was ready to play and I'd been practicing and just before this this game that was coming up, I would the coach said you can play, but I actually said no, I don't want to play. I don't want to I don't want to go into this game because I don't feel ready. I don't feel like my skills are at this level. I want to train, I want to practice. So from that, even from that scenario, I know that I was pulling away from it because I had these high perfectionistic concerns I had these concerns over mistakes I didn't want to go into it with this idea of not being perfect not being good enough I had doubts over my actions I doubted my skill level I also was feeling a level of well I was striving to be better but I was definitely procrastinating so this training this idea of procrastinating and going to training in a safe space was this task aversion and then I was just obsessively and compulsively working on my physique my uh, my my training and that's something I haven't mentioned is it a a part of perfectionism is things like social physique anxiety so having anxiety around your physique and obsessively compulsing and overtraining there's studies that show that athletes that are highly perfectionistic have these high perfectionistic strivings tend to lean towards overtraining and burnout and then there's also studies that back that up to show that athletes that do that risk higher levels of injury so it's kind of can be a bit of a a a um nasty circle to get caught up in but in that moment that uh, the coach that I was with and this was a bit of a pivotal moment for me was the coach right then said to me Lewis you'll never be ready you will never be ready to play and always be perfect and it's never always going to be perfect but you're never going to know where you're at unless you go and try and you put yourself out there yes you may fail yes you may not do well but you're going to learn and I had had external pressures the socially prescribed pressures from other coaches the team I was trying to get into was a very good team at the time and I knew there were high standards to be met there and the coaches had actually told me of those levels and those those standards I needed to be at so there was these socially prescribed um, standards and perfectionistic standards and I'd felt that so for me this was the first time a coach had told me to essentially be imperfect and that was such a eye-opening experience. And then funnily enough, there was a study that I found around self-acceptance was something that could mediate the level of burnout in athletes. So if an athlete had a higher level of self-acceptance and they were more mindful of that, 
then they were actually more aware of these perfectionistic tendencies and they allowed them to, it, it lowered the levels of burnout that their perfectionistic strivings was creating. So this striving to be better and these obsessive compulsive behaviors, once they had a higher level of self-acceptance, it reduced levels of burnout and then hopefully reduced levels of, of injury. So in that moment for me, I was just told to be imperfect, like permission to be imperfect. And it was exactly what I needed to hear. And that then showed that I got rid of these perfectionistic concerns. And then I moved to all of these perfe perfectionistic strivings. So in that two by two model, I went from being this mixed perfectionist to a pure personal standards perfectionist. So there was, the, I went from one side to the other and I had lost all of these doubts over actions, these concerns over mistakes and any external socially prescribed perfectionism had gone away. And, and I had two years of incredible training and work and then I eventually turned pro. But then funny enough, on the flip side, when I got into that team, there were these social, socially prescribed perfectionistic standards that came in and all the concerns came back. And then it really, my perfectionism started to ramp up again. I started to become obsessive and compulsive and perhaps procrastinate and stay more in a certain bit of training. And that showed that I flipped back. So you don't necessarily stay in one part of this perfectionist. It's a very complex topic and it's a very complex world. And I can see where you can move around in different areas, depending on whether it's the external or the internal pressures. Maybe sometimes you just lose your high standards. Perhaps you just lose that drive. It might be you you lose that motivation for something. So your your own personal strivings, your perfectionistic strivings just reduce. And then suddenly you're only worried about what other people say. And that's, a, again, as the two by two model shows, that's one of the most damaging places to be. Low personal strivings and these high perfectionistic concerns. And that might be something that's happening for you. So what I found and a way in which I brought forward for myself in order to help my perfectionism was mindfulness. And I found a few studies that had shown that people who had high levels of mindfulness, they had reduced it would help their perfectionistic tendencies. But a bit of a paradox to this is that many people wouldn't try mindfulness or wouldn't get into mindfulness and meditation unless it was perfect. They wouldn't get into it unless it it had it was very hard for them to do because the practice of being mindful or meditating and not doing anything goes against what a perfectionist might do, which is always trying to be busy, always trying to do something and needing to do, do, do rather than just be. And so there's that paradox there where you're trying to, to help your perfectionism by becoming aware of it. And that is what it built for me. Over time, I, I trained myself in it and I just became aware of when I'm flicking between what I now know are these two models, what I now I know are these two parts of perfectionism, these strivings and these concerns. And though when, whether I'm worried about what the doubts or I'm worried about these concerns over mistakes or what people think or am I really focusing on what I want the the high personal standards I want to uphold and this organization of it and that level of awareness just can help and there's some studies to show that some things that can really help perfectionism are things like NLP their mindfulness is is one but and they all stem around bringing awareness to your tendencies to what your where it's either come from what it's what it's saying to you, what you saying to yourself. And the, I think the thing that stood out for me is this level of self-acceptance. When I was doing my exam recently, I wrote down some mantras and these were coming from just the idea of 
what I was telling myself, which was being perfect, trying to be perfect, trying to, I could hear myself through my mindfulness practice. I could hear myself saying to myself, you need to be at their level. You need to be at the level of the lecturers. And I wrote some things down and, and eventually I said, the mantras that I had were a few different phrases. It was, it's okay to make mistakes. You don't have to be at the level of someone who is 20 years ahead of you. Uh, making mistakes is is good and also will allow you to grow. And then at the end, I just wrote this one phrase, permission to be imperfect. And that just gave me permission to not worry about these concerns over mistakes, these concerns over these doubts about taking action. And just by saying permission to be imperfect gave a level of self-acceptance, which I now know is a, a part of reducing that frustration and, and all of the negative effects of perfectionism that can create this burnout, can create your doubts over actions and not actually doing anything in the first place because you're worried about being perfect. So through that practice, I, I began to recognize that life is ugly, life is hard and accepting where we're at can help you get over all of these concerns that you have about having to be perfect in the world all the time and the doubts that you might have about taking action towards that thing that you're definitely striving for. You have this internal love and passion for, but these doubts and actions are getting in the way. And just accepting that life is hard and life is a struggle can help you move past all of these perfectionistic tendencies. And, and that's where life is brilliant. Life is in these idiosyncrasies. It's in the struggles that we have. And that's the good bit. That's what allows us to grow. That's what allows us to learn so much about ourselves. And just bringing that level of self-acceptance forward can have a huge impact on how you see yourself and whether you are in either of these two frames of mind of concerned over what people think and the mistakes and, and these doubts over actions or actually living by your standards, the thing that matters most to you, those motivations, those drives. So I would encourage you to think about where do you see your perfectionistic tendencies coming from? Do you see them coming from this internal, this self-orientated perfectionism that coming from you yourself? Do you see it coming from perhaps social pressures? The, the one I mentioned about other orientated perfectionism for coaches and leaders, that is, that is one that doesn't necessarily have too much of an impact on, on you. It's just really a form of perfectionism that you can bring forward to other people that, that again, has these desirable traits in leaders and coaches. But so really focusing on, do I have these high strivings? Do I have these high personal strivings and perfectionistic strivings to do well, to create high standards? Or do I have so many concerns? Where am I at? And recognizing that if we don't have any concerns, that's okay. That's fine. But if you do have them, it's not the end of the world. It's you are clearly going into something that you care about. You care about doing well. But if you allow that area, those concerns, those, those, those concerns over mistakes, the doubts over actions to really take hold, it can pull you away from all of the high standards. It can pull you away from actions that you need to take. And just by simply using things like I've mentioned there, mantras and training yourself to be aware of what you're telling yourself, it can flip you out of and give yourself permission to be imperfect. So there you go. I hope that there is something that you'll be able to pull out of this. There is a bit of a whirlwind there of all of these different models. And hopefully if there's something that's 
taken your interest and you want to delve into it, I recommend just going on and searching on online and just diving into some of these models. You can see them. If you want to look at the two by two model to understand it a little bit more, you can see it there. The the Hewitt and Flett model, the, the Frost model, the Stober model. You can look at all of them online and, and, and you'll find them. You'll find a lot of work around them. There's a lot of research done into them. But ultimately, just recognize where you see this coming from. Do you see it coming from perhaps your parents, your your need to validate yourself to your parents, to others around you and seeking that validation? Or do you just want to strive for your own personal standards? Is And I'm sure there's a mix. As I've shown, it's quite a complex area. But again, I will reiterate it. I am giving you permission to be imperfect like I did myself. I cannot encourage it enough. Just give yourself that permission to be imperfect. And I'm sure great things will happen. So that's it. If you want to reach out, find me on Instagram at Lewis Hatchet. Again, I'm also on TikTok, Lewis underscore Hatchet over there. You can reach out to the podcast via the website, lewishatchet.com forward slash podcast. And I look forward to hearing from you guys. Again, follow on whatever channel that you're listening to. It is just the easiest, cheapest way for you to support what I'm doing here and hopefully grow this show even more. So thank you so much. And I will see you guys next time.